It's 5 p.m. Welcome to the WTJX News Feed. In today's top stories, former Senator Alicia Chucky Hansen has passed away. Some of her former colleagues join us to remember her. Later, Director George of the Virgin Islands Fire and Emergency Services provides an update on the Bovoni Landfill Fire. And we speak with the Virgin Islands' very own WNBA Rookie of the Year, Aaliyah Boston. These are some of your headlines and more for today's WTJX News Feed. From the Virgin Islands Public Broadcasting System Studios on St. Thomas, this is the WTJX News Feed with Marcelina Ventura Douglas. Welcome to the WTJX News Feed, bringing you the latest news and updates throughout our community. Virgin Islanders awoke to the news today on the passing of beloved former Senator Alicia Chucky Hansing. Following a battle with cancer, Senator Hansen was remembered by some of her former colleagues. Former Senators Sean Michael Malone and Almando Rocky Liburd remember the first time they met Senator Hansen. My first, first personal um, impression that stands out was when we were uh, at the Radio 1 radio station she was leaving according an advertisement and i was driving to do the same thing and she said <laughs> she was so funny she said to me because because we're cousins she says you have to push and to support with a big explosion that's when you know she had those very exciting exhilarating assessments that and you listen to them when she broadcasting on the radio. And it certainly left an impression on me to the point that I was driving home and I was on Donkey Hill and the ad came on. She was running for governor by the way, Donahue. This is with the ad. And she had a Spanish band in the background uh, playing some music. And at the end of the ad, she said, push, number two. Then she said, number two. At the time that that was happening, I was driving, I did it to the other side would and nearly hit an oncoming car in the opposite lane. <laughs> this is this is what has really began uh, the indelible mark in my mind and spirit about Chucky Hansen, about how powerful she was in terms of her personality and her presence. I met Senator Hansen, I think, at a time when my former colleague, Bob O'Connor, was in office, Robert Senator Bob O'Connor. And we met somewhere in... in either Cruz Bay or St. Thomas, and he introduced me to her, and that's my, my initial um, knowing of her, and then subsequent to that, he became a senator, and, and she saw with me. Um, she saw with me when I was president on, on both occasions. So I, I know her pretty well, but Senator Hanson was a, a determined person, and if you had a piece of legislation that you wanted to get passed, she would take her to live. If you want somebody who would be committed to to do something in, in, in the Senate, that's the person you go to. She was one that, regardless of what, she would find a way to get it done. And you may not like some of the ways she tried to do it, but she's going to find a way to do it. And that's how she was. She she was committed to her, her people, as she says, um, keeping in touch. And she kept in touch. And they, they also kept in touch with her. Both spoke on the legacy Senator Hansen built to leave Virgin Islanders. Advocacy for those who didn't have the voice to speak on their behalf. Um, in addition to that, she is going to be known for using her voice to 
really have to bring, you know, issues to the attention of the Virgin Islands public in a way that made people she had a very good gift of doing which was very, very uh, effective. And not everybody has that uh, ability to communicate in a way that makes you pay attention to what they have to say and to actually really take them seriously, even though she was very animated about it. She served the community, and in spite of the things that you, you've seen and heard about her as a senator, she made a contribution to this community in, in, in a big way, sometimes more than what people would, would think. She has a, a number of legislation that has... Um, been approved, but one of them I can speak of the top of my head is the Frenchstead Pair. She was the initiator of the Frenchstead Pair. And how I know this because I was inside and voting it, and it was very controversial. And But I thought that eventually it would pay off, and it did. And so there were a number of other places like that. So she, she paid her dues. Um, I speaking about her being a senator. And we had battles now, don't get me wrong, you know. She and I, we fought on a number of issues, but we had a mutual respect. I would think that she would want Virgin Islands to think that she was a fighter for the little man. She she supported the little man and that she would go there and battle for them, regardless of what. As she would say, come hell or high water, she would battle for them. So I, I, I think she would want to be remembered as someone who was dedicated and made a commitment to our people. And I, I just want to say to our family and, and friends that uh, regardless of what you may think of Senator Hansen, she did it her way. And may she rest in peace. We here at WTJX offer our condolences to the family and friends of the late Senator Alicia Chucky Hansen. As we make our way down, the director of the Virgin Islands Fire and Emergency Medical Services, Mr. Daryl George, provided an update to the community on the fire that has been burning since September 14th at the Bavoni Landfill on St. Thomas. To date, we have made significant progress. Um, we have one more area on the right side of the mountain of debris, um, vegetation, that the operation plans, the team, the commanders on the ground plans to take that down today. I'm working to tomorrow to get it all suppressed and be able to call the all clear this week. Uh, the operation has been a full task operation for three weeks now, um, going after the vegetation, which you, if you have seen the, the footage, you will know it's a large mountain of vegetation that has been burning. Uh, we have taken due diligence and gotten to most of it. Uh, this last area, about 10 by 20 feet, we think that once we get this down, all the smoke should be gone. Right now, it's just minimal smoke that you see in the general area. Uh, the fire still continues to burn, not heavily, but lightly. We have crew, about 30 to 25 guys out there today, along with several water trucks, several uh, agencies, DPNR, Victima, Waste Management, a whole host of people under the command, under the Unified Command led by myself. So here it has been an outstanding operation 
and, and we're glad to see that we're coming to a closure. The Puerto Rico National Guard provided aid last week with a helicopter that carries a large bucket capable of holding more than 650 gallons of water. But the use of that resource was suspended. Director George explains why. The Puerto Rico asset was cut off um, after we saw it did do a good job, but after the, we saw the dangerous condition of the winds out there and the drops were really getting um, hampered by the wind, uh, we just uh, decided not to do it anymore. It was becoming a little bit dangerous. Um, the helicopter had to come a little extra low, and then the wind currents in the hill had us a little concerned. So myself as the incident commander got with the team, I made a decision with the thing uh, to halt that operation and continue the ground support operation, which has been very effective uh, by far. Um, we updated some new strategies, and you know we, we utilize a lot, a lot of agencies and private sector partners to get this done. Uh, we have four excavators right now working a site. We have made the decision to move some of the vegetation to a secure area on the landfill, giving us a lot more space to work um, as a unit. So I, I think the operations so far and the plan and strategy that the team has put together, it has been very successful. We asked Director George if there was anything that could be done to prevent a fire of such capacity from happening again. Well, in anything that you do, it's always going to have accidents. Um, with this one, um, certain mitigation measures should have been in place that wasn't there, but we won't have on that. What, we would have, what we're concentrating on right now is putting an operation in place so this don't happen again. And if it happens again, we'll be able to uh, quickly um, and more efficiently suppress it in a timely manner. Uh, we're having discussion with WAPA today. We're having a uh, discussion with management about um, utilizing some of the treatment water to mitigate the, the heat and the dump, keeping the landfill wet and stuff like that. So those are ongoing discussions that is going to wrap up right after this uh, operation is called to a halt. The Virgin Islands' very own Aaliyah Boston was voted unanimously as the WNBA's Rookie of the Year. Boston was Indiana's first number one draft pick and received all 60 votes from a media panel to be named Rookie of the Year. She's the second player from the Fever franchise to receive the honor. We caught up with Miss Boston to tell us how it feels. It felt amazing. Honestly, it is something that I, I had written down in my books before the season started. And so to be able to accomplish it, it's just, it really is a blessing from God. So I'm just super thankful to be able to be in this moment. What would you say to your 12-year-old self? With everything that you've accomplished so far, looking back, what would you say to yourself, to that little girl? I would say, one, you did it. You've done, you've accomplished some amazing things. So I definitely congratulate her. But I also tell her that she trusted God and she trusted the process of what, of the hard work that I had to put in. But we're, we're doing it. What are you looking forward to now? Um, next thing, just, um, Training during this all season, continuing to improve my game uh, to be ready for the upcoming season. Any words for your supporters here in the territory or any young girls that are looking up to you? Well, definitely to the VI first and foremost, thank you guys so much for your continued support. Um, my mom tells me stories of like people coming up and saying that they watched my games. They have the ESPN app. So it's just pretty cool that everyone is just so supportive. And to the younger girls, the younger 
um, kids in general, just continue to work hard at your dreams. Um, trust God because everything is possible. And parents, invest in your kids. Over the weekend, a government shutdown was avoided after Congress passed a stopgap funding measure ahead of a critical midnight deadline. We spoke with Delegate to Congress Stacey Plaskett to give us insight into how it got there. I think everyone was pretty tense about whether or not there was going to be a shutdown, recognizing um, how that was going to affect everyday Americans uh, and the fact that the American people in Congress was being held hostage, basically, to the desires of a group of members that are really out of touch with what the needs are of the American people. So I think that's uh, the primary concern that many of us had, um, and we were happy to see that uh, an agreement was finally made. We asked the delegate to explain what exactly a stopgap bill was. A stopgap resolution allows um, the government to have a pot of money for a a short time period to then, uh, before it is then um, allowed to, you know, uh, we're able to create the actual bill that allows us to move forward for a year. So you'll see members talking about a CR, which is a continuing resolution. And it's a resolution to continue the budget in a manner in which, for the most part, it, which it was previously, um, so that before it, it we can work out an agreement to move the funding forward um, throughout the rest of the year. We asked if the bill would open the door for more bipartisanship before November 17th, when the bill is set to expire. It's completely uncertain, right, what's, what's going to happen. And so we are really need to, um, we're, we're all kind of watching and looking to our leadership, uh, the leadership of Hakeem Jeffries and others, to see if, in fact, this is going to happen. The stopgap bill originally included funding for Ukraine to help Kiev fight the full-scale invasion from Russia, but the funds were dropped after some conservatives raised objections during negotiations. We asked how that lack of funding would affect the ongoing war. I think that we're hopeful that, and recognizing that members both in both chambers, and that there's a large number of members on the Republican side as well as the House side that want to provide this uh, funding to Ukraine. We understand that it's important for us to keep the Russians at a particular, um, you know, to stop them from rolling through a democratically elected government. And so I think that we also recognize that we have a responsibility to support our NATO allies because we have the they we can call on them when we need them as well um and so with that in mind i think members are are very careful um to ensure that we're providing the support to ukraine and that it's really a smaller group of members of congress that are holding this up both in the house and the senate and so i think members believe that we can get this done one of the things that we are really happy about is that we were able to, in fact, get funding for disaster relief funds. Several weeks before, FEMA sent out a notice that they would have to stop making awards on rebuild projects around the country 
because they were running out of disaster relief, that they would only be able to work on recovery efforts uh, and would not be able to finance rebuilding. And so uh, right now we're really hopeful that, we're really grateful, I'm sorry, that um, we were able to put in the full amount that the president requested of $16 billion in supplemental disaster relief funds so that the continuing financing of rebuilding of the schools and hospitals and utilities, not just in the Virgin Islands, but elsewhere as well, can happen. The decision by House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, a Republican, to put a bill on the floor that would win support from Democrats put his speakership at risk as hardline conservatives threatened to oust him from the House leadership post. McCarthy argued he did what was needed to govern effectively. Speaking on the possibility of the ousting, Delegate Plaskett said, Their antics are without end. And so um, whether it's trying to impeach President Biden with no evidence, the creation of a weaponization uh, subcommittee to try and deconstruct uh, the rule of law and government institutions, or to bring up a motion to vacate. Uh, You know, it's all part of creating um, sideshows and continuing the chaos rather than actually getting to the work of the American people. Whether they have a motion to vacate or not, whether McCarthy is removed or not, I think that you, you, what you'll see is that Democrats remain unified and that we are really trying to continue to push legislation that is about the American people. As we continue to update the news feed, during a press briefing on Monday, Governor Albert Bryan announced his nomination of Avril George as the new commissioner for the Department of Human Services, following the resignation of Kimberly Cossie Gomez. In other business today, I want to do something that really makes me excited and happy is add another individual to our cabinet. I always get excited about it because there's so many problems in the Virgin Islands and it is always heartening when we have the ability to pick somebody who is of the Virgin Islands, that loves the people, that is committed to excellence throughout their career. And it's somebody that we know and love and has demonstrated that. So I would really... uh, uh, love to introduce you to our commissioner designee or nominee. I always get it wrong, which comes first, uh, Ms. Avril George. Ms. George previously served as the acting commissioner of labor under the MAP administration and served as the director of human resources at the Department of Public Works before moving on to become deputy commissioner at that department. At this moment, I would like to begin by expressing my heartfelt appreciation to the divine for the numerous blessings that has been graced in my life. I also extend my gratitude to my beloved mother, who I know is at home watching, my daughters Whitney and Khadija, my son-in-law Dewan, my siblings, and my entire family and network of friends. They have steadfastly supported me throughout my diverse journeys in life. I would be remiss if I did not take a moment to thank former Commissioner Kazi Gomez for facilitating such a smooth transition, and I extend my best wishes to her for continued success. Additionally, I want to express my profound appreciation to Commissioner Gabriel and the entire team at Department of Public Works. Serving as your commissioner and HR director, 
Assistant Commissioner and HR Director has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for embracing my unconventional leadership style. I take pride in our collective achievements and I'm confident that the team will continue accomplishing remarkable feats. As I often would say, DPW and the move. <laughs> my professional voyage has endowed me with a solid foundation of management, finance, and HR, along with a proven track record of leadership and accomplishments. My extensive background, strategic insights, and capacity to drive results uniquely positioned me to lead the Department of Human Services. I am confident that I can substantially contribute to the department's triumphs. I am profoundly enthusiastic about becoming a part of the DHS team. And I humbly request the support of the DHS team and the patience of our communities as we navigate through this transition period. Once more, I extend my heartfelt appreciation to Governor Bryan and the entire team for affording me this opportunity. I eagerly anticipate continuing the vital work of the Brian Roach administration and serving the people of the Virgin Islands. Thank you all and have a blessed day. On Monday, October 2nd, the Virgin Islands Police Department held a graduation for 19 new peace officers on the island of St. Thomas. Sergeant Ludwig Thomas welcomed attendees to the ceremony that marked the completion of months of training and the beginning of the graduates' careers. Today, we arrived at the end of another recruit class here in St. Thomas. To some, it is the end of a long, rocky road traveled, while to others, it is seen as the beginning of a fruitful career in law enforcement and service to our community. During the ceremony, the family of police detective Delberth Phipps Jr., who was gunned down on July 4th of this year, was honored with a plaque commemorating the slain officer. This is um, very tough for us to do. Um, but it's something that needs to get done to recognize our fallen brother. Um, Detective Delbert Phibbs Jr. was one of our instructors. He was a great asset to our police academy and our training staff, not only to the recruits, but to the regular full-time officers, all the peace officers in this territory. So we decided in his honor, we are going to present his family um, a plaque, and it reads as, as follows. Presented to the Phipps family in honor of Detective Phipps' dedication and exemplary service, rendered to the Police Training Academy as a certified instructor of firearms, OC spray, impact weapon, taser, use of force, simulator. When we lost Delbert, we not only lost a valued co-worker, we lost a beloved member of our academy family as well. Cherish every moment of Buju will forever be in our hearts. With honor and grateful appreciation, Training Bureau staff, St. Thomas, St. John, and St. Croix, October 2nd, 2023. The graduates will take on their duties in various agencies, two at the Port Authority, one as a Territorial Marshal, one at the Virgin Islands Waste Management, and 15 to the Virgin Islands Police Department. We're turning now to the territory's weather forecast. Virgin Islands residents can anticipate a bit of rain because the National Weather Service predicts that on Wednesday, St. Croix residents can anticipate showers and thunderstorms likely before 10 a.m., then scattered showers and thunderstorms for the remainder of the day. Partly sunny with a high near 83, heat index values as high as 103, with wind gusts as high as 23 miles per hour, chances of precipitation at 60%. 
In the evening, scattered showers and thunderstorms, mostly cloudy with a low around 82, and wind gusts as high as 23 miles per hour. Chances of precipitation at 40%. And on Wednesday, St. Thomas and St. John residents can anticipate likely showers and a possibility of a thunderstorm throughout the day. Mostly cloudy with a high near 86, heat index values as high as 105, with wind gusts as high as 25 miles per hour. Chances of precipitation at 60%. In the evening, showers and thunderstorms are likely to continue before and after midnight. Mostly cloudy with a low around 81, wind gusts as high as 23 miles per hour, and chances of precipitation at 60%. We are at the end of today's WTJX News Feed. I'm Marcelina Ventura Douglas. Join me every weekday at 5 p.m. Be sure to download the WTJX app. And if you missed a part of our news, listen to it on demand wherever you listen to podcasts.